Life is complex. Join us for the simple gifts of wisdom, love, and delight in the written word. John Milton, Paradise Lost, Book 4, Lines 391 through 586. So spake the fiend, and with necessity the tyrant's plea excused his devilish deeds. Then from his lofty stand on that high tree down he alights, among the sportful herd of those four-footed kinds, himself now one, now other, as their shape served best his end nearer to view his prey, and, unespied, to mark what of their state he more might learn, by word or action marked. About them round a lion now he stalks with fiery glare. Then, as a tiger, who by chance hath spied in some purlieu two gentle fawns at play, straight couches close, then, rising, changes oft his cushioned watch, as one who chose his ground, whence rushing, he might sure seize them both, griped in each paw. When Adam, first of men to first of women Eve, thus moving speech, turned him all ear to hear new utterance flow. Sole partner and sole part of all these joys, dearer thyself than all. Needs must the power that made us, and for us this ample world, be infinitely good, and of his good as liberal and free as infinite, that raised us from the dust, and placed us here in all this happiness, who at his hand have nothing merited, nor can perform aught whereof he hath need. He who requires from us no other service than to keep this one, this easy charge, of all the trees in paradise that bear delicious fruit so various, not to taste that only tree of knowledge, planted by the tree of life. So near grows death to life, whate'er death is, some dreadful thing, no doubt. For well thou knowest, God hath pronounced it death to taste that tree the only sign of our obedience left, among so many signs of power and rule conferred upon us, and dominion given over all other creatures that possess earth, air, and sea. Then let us not think hard one easy prohibition, who enjoy free leave so large to all things else, and choice unlimited of manifold delights, but let us ever praise him, and extol his bounty following our delightful task to prune these growing plants and tend these flowers, which were toilsome, yet with thee were sweet. To whom thus Eve replied, O thou for whom and from whom I was formed, flesh of thy flesh, and without whom am to no end, my guide and head, what thou hast said is just and right. For we to him indeed all praises owe, and daily thanks. I chiefly, who enjoy so far the happier lot, enjoying thee preeminent by so much odds, while thou, like consort to thyself, canst nowhere find. That day I oft remember, when from sleep I first awaked, and found myself reposed under a shade on flowers, much wondering where and what I was whence thither brought, and how, 
not distant far from thence a murmuring sound of waters, issued from a cave, and spread into a liquid plain, then stood unmoved, pure, as the expanse of heaven. I thither went with unexperienced thought, and laid me down on the green bank, to look into the clear, smooth lake, that to me seemed another sky. As I bent down to look, just opposite, a shape within the watery gleam appeared, bending to look on me. I started back. It started back. But pleased I soon returned. Pleased it returned as soon with answering looks of sympathy and love. There I had fixed mine eyes till now, and pined with vain desire, had not a voice thus warned me, What thou seest, what thou seest, fair creature, is thyself. With thee it came and goes. But follow me, and I will bring thee where no shadow stays thy coming, and thy soft embraces, he whose image thou art, him thou shalt enjoy inseparably thine. To him shalt bear multitudes like thyself, and thence be called mother of human race. What could I do but follow straight, invisibly thus led, till I espied thee, fair indeed and tall, under a platain, yet methought less fair, less winning soft, less amiably mild than that smooth watery image? Back I turned. Thou following criedst aloud, Return, fair Eve, whom fliest thou? Whom thou fliest of him thou art, his flesh, his bone. To give thee being I lent out of my side to thee, nearest my heart, substantial life, to have thee by my side henceforth, an individual solace dear. Part of my soul I seek thee, and thee claim my other half. With that thy gentle hand seized mine. I yielded. And from that time see how beauty is excelled by manly grace and wisdom, which alone is truly fair. So spake our general mother, and with eyes of conjugal attraction unreproved and meek surrender, half embracing leaned on our first father, half her swelling breast naked met his, under the flowing gold of her loose tresses hid, he in delight both of her beauty and submissive charms, smiled with superior love, as Jupiter on Juno smiles when he impregnates the clouds that shed mayflowers, and pressed her matron lip with kisses pure. Aside the devil turned for envy, yet with jealous leer malign eyed them askance, and to himself thus plained, Sight hateful, sight tormenting, Thus these two, imparadised in one another's arms, the happier Eden, shall enjoy their fill of bliss on bliss, while I to hell am thrust, where neither joy nor love but fierce desire, among our other torments not the least, still unfulfilled with pain of longing pines. You let me not forget what I have gained from their own mouths. All is not theirs, it seems. One fatal tree there stands, of knowledge called, forbidden them to taste. Knowledge forbidden, suspicious, reasonless. Why should their Lord envy them that? Can it be sin to know? Can it be death? And do they only stand by ignorance? 
Is that their happy state, the proof of their obedience and their faith? O fair foundation laid whereon to build their ruin! Hence I will excite their minds with more desire to know, and to reject envious commands, invented with design to keep them low, whom knowledge might exalt equal with gods. Aspiring to be such, they taste and die. What likelier can ensue? But first with narrow search I must walk round this garden, and no corner leave unspied. A chance, but chance, may lead where I may meet some wandering spirit of heaven by fountainside, or in thick shade retired, from him to draw what further would be learned. Live while ye may, ye happy pair, enjoy till I return short pleasures, for long woes are to succeed. So saying, his proud step he scornful turned, but with sly circumspection, and began through wood, through waste, or hill, or dale, his roam meanwhile in utmost longitude, where heaven with earth and ocean meets, the setting sun slowly descended, and with right aspect against the eastern gate of paradise, leveled his evening rays. It was a rock of alabaster, piled up to the clouds, conspicuous far, winding with one ascent accessible from earth, one entrance high. The rest was craggy cliff, that overhung still as it rose, impossible to climb. Betwixt these rocky pillars Gabriel sat, chief of the angelic guards, awaiting night. About him exercised heroic games the unarmed youth of heaven, but nigh at hand celestial armory, shields, helms, and spears, hung high with diamond flaming and with gold. Thither came Uriel, gliding through the even on a sunbeam, swift as a shooting star in autumn thwarts the night, when vapors fired impress the air, and shows the mariner from what point of his compass to beware impetuous winds. He thus began in haste. Gabriel. To thee thy course by lot hath given charge, and strict watch, that to this happy place no evil thing approach or enter in. This day at height of noon came to my sphere a spirit, zealous, as he seemed, to know more of the Almighty's works, and chiefly man, God's latest image. I described his way, bent all on speed, and marked his airy gate. But in the mount that lies from Eden north, where he first lighted, soon discerned his looks alien from heaven, with passions foul obscured. Mine eye pursued him still, but under shade lost sight of him. One of the banished crew, I fear, hath ventured from the deep to raise new troubles. Him thy care must be to find to whom the winged warrior thus returned. Uriel, no wonder if thy perfect sight amid the sun's bright circle where thou sits, see far and wide. In at this gate none pass the vigilant here placed, but such as come well known from heaven, and since meridian hour no creature thence. If spirit of other sort, so minded, 
have o'erleaped these earthly bounds on purpose. Hard thou knowest it to exclude spiritual substance with corporeal bar. But if within the circuit of these walks, in whatsoever shape he lurk, of whom thou tellest, by morrow dawning I shall know. Tis the gift to be simple. Tis the gift to be free. Tis the gift to come down where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right, twill be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend, we will not be ashamed. To turn, turn, will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right.